Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the AGCS Podcast. I'm Ken Reichman. The journey from a voluntary regime for companies around environmental, social, and governance ESG topics to a more regulated and compulsory one involving transparency, disclosure, and reporting is well underway. Although there are currently no global standardized ESG reporting benchmark requirements, hard legal measures with teeth are on the rise. Why all the fuss about ESG regulations? What could happen if a company falls short of regulatory or governmental compliance? And what is the role of risk management? A recent article in the Client Risk Management and Broker Magazine, Global Risk Dialogue, reviews these questions and more. To help us understand what companies can do in response and how insurance can help them, we're joined today by the Global Head of Liability Risk Consulting and ESG Political Violence and Hostile Environment Solutions at AGCS, Michael Burke. Michael, we know that ESG stands for Environmental, Social, and Governance Issues and Risks. Can you explain for lay audience just what it means in terms of the insurance industry? Those factors are extra financial factors that can influence and, and, and be influenced by our business activities. So they can escalate into substantial risks in insurance business. Just to give some examples of what it means uh, what it stands for, so under E, environmental, uh, most of the time, or one of the top risks is, of course, climate change. Uh, under the social pillar, it's human rights valuation. We are seeing illegal logging activities or uh, severe corruption allegations, uh, which is uh, summarized under the governance pillar. Um, at the same time, they also, uh, what we are seeing uh, for the whole industry and uh, also, of course, particularly for the insurance industry is that they present also opportunities um, to induce really a positive change, uh, just taking renewable energy investments uh, as an example or to offer solutions for emerging markets um, are good examples for that. As investment decisions are increasingly influenced by a new focus on corporate responsibility, what's the role of the risk manager and the board of directors here? Who keeps them honest? I would say it, it really covers all uh, stakeholders. So it's not limited to one uh, specific stakeholder. It really covers all of them. And while the demand for ESG investment is really growing uh, significantly, um, we are especially seeing uh, several important trends and uh, highlighting here climate change and human rights uh, violation. The big challenge we are seeing is that there is currently no standardized approach to calculate or, uh, calculate or present uh, uh, the RIS ESG metrics. Um, so understanding the relative Benefits and limitations of the different metrics can help to build a more complete picture of ESG uh, risks and uh, opportunities. Um, so you, you, you mentioned risk managers. Risk managers uh, need really to assess those uh, ESG risks associated with any potential transaction, for example. And they need also um, um, being able to inform others of these risks. And by the way, to identify, evaluate, and mitigate risks is really not limited to the risk management function in, in a company. It, it spans around all functions uh, within an organization um, who have to be aware of those risks and, and to think through the processes how to mitigate those risks. And Michael, what are some consequences if a company doesn't comply? 
Yeah, I mean, that can be really severe, the, the consequences. And uh, I want to take climate change litigation as an example. Um, so what we are seeing there is that, in general, climate change is, of course, a topic for, like I said, and, uh, across all stakeholders and, of course, with, with, within the company um, um, of the employees as well. So the trend means... We are seeing increasingly engaged employees who want really to know that their employer is doing the right thing for the environment. We are seeing at the same time institutional investors, such as pension funds and asset managers, who are pushing for concrete action really to protect the climate. And then, of course, one element is the reputational risk. So if you don't comply, if you do a kind of greenwashing, then, of course, it can... Uh, fall on your feet uh, in terms of reputational and brand uh, um, brand risks and and, and harm. And uh, what we're seeing more and more NGOs and shareholder groups uh, who want to see that the companies are committing to um, climate mitigation and uh, climate protection um, uh, in the future. And that is prominently uh, always highlighted also during. Uh, the AGM during the uh, during the uh, annual general meetings, and uh, not to comply with that um, means also, for example, if, uh, if you do greenwashing and non-disclosures, so when corporate messaging contains, for example, false or misleading information about climate change impact, that has really severe consequences on the liability side of a company. So topics just like climate change and others, pollution, diversity, cybersecurity, and even CEO pay are included in the article as evidence of trends that are driving litigation or investor, shareholder, activist actions against companies. How widespread is this? Yeah, I would say climate change and taking climate change litigation uh, as an example, again, we see it, it remains concentrated in high-income countries. Uh, but the trend, what we are seeing as well, is, uh, will also continue to grow in the global south. As recent cases, we have seen from Colombia, India, Pakistan, Peru, or the Philippines, and South Africa. So it is a worldwide issue uh, and topic. And uh, um, just to give some examples of climate change, in litigation is in its infancy, but the numbers are really steadily growing. And uh, what we are currently seeing is in total one, more than 1,500 cases of climate change litigation in, in, in 37 countries between 1986 uh, um, and 2020, of which uh, the, the biggest or the majority of the litigations were in the U.S., followed by Australia, UK, and the EU. The article mentions that elevating and identifying ESG risks through a company's risk registers and committees and making sure it's understood how they will play out for all stakeholders in and out of the boardroom is crucial. Why is that, and what are some mitigation tips you can provide? So at first, I would say ESG risks are really existential for the strategy and, and success of a company. So that works only if... Um, it has a high priority from the top, from the boardroom. So that means on top that beyond internal steam, it, the steering, it is also crucial for the board to acquire the appropriate skills and really to understand where well the external requirements in order to be successful uh, in the long term. Um, but it's important that this ESG topic 
uh, is not only on the board agenda a few times per year, but that a company embeds sustainability topics and thinking into the whole organization. You could also define it as being a part of your company's DNA um, so that everyone sticks to it and that at a certain point of time, nobody any, any longer thinks about ESG because it's an integral part of everything what you are doing in your organization and in, in, in your processes. You can find the full version of the Global Risk Dialogue with a link in the description of this podcast or at our website, www.agcs.allianz.com. And don't forget, you can get all of the latest AGCS content by following us on Twitter at AGCS underscore insurance and on LinkedIn at Allianz Global Corporate and Specialty. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions for a future episode, don't let the conversation end now. Please send us an email at agcs.communication at agcs.allianz.com. And of course, please rate, review, and subscribe to the show on iTunes. The more people who rate and review, the easier it is for others to find the show. Again, a big thanks to Michael Brook, the Global Head of Liability, Risk Consulting, and ESG, Political Violence, and Hostile Environment Solutions at AGCS for helping us better understand the ESG topic. On behalf of Michael and everybody at AGCS, I'm Ken Reichman, and we will see you next time.